Welcome to Tangled Web, a conversation about where we are now and where we're going with the web. Today I'm talking to Alexandra Ahrens, host of the Bendley Expert Talks podcast, where she releases weekly conversations about all things Web3. This conversation is part of my deep dive into tech podcasting, so I'm looking forward to comparing notes with Alexandra to help me with where I'm going with this podcast. Alexandra, welcome to Tangled Web. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on. You're the content marketing manager at Venly. So could you tell us briefly what Venly does and where the Venly Expert Talks podcast comes into that? Yeah, definitely. So Venly is a suite of layer two solutions for blockchain projects. And what that means is we're not a blockchain and we're not really the projects building on top, but in the middle. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) But that includes things like we do have a wallet, we have APIs and solutions for a market, an NFT market, NFT tools, and a couple other things. So really growing and developing in that huge overarching kind of Google suite kind of direction for Web3. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) And then the podcast fits into our marketing, as you might guess, considering who does it. (laughs) (laughs) It's something where I was not a part of it when it first, first started because I hadn't joined the company yet. But as soon as I did, they kind of passed it off to me fairly quickly, to be honest. And it's been really interesting. Really, it's a really great form of content marketing. And it's been a lot of fun so far. What was that like taking on a podcast? You were telling me you hadn't had any podcast experience before. So that must have been quite something to take over a podcast. How did you find it? Oh, honestly, the very first one, I was so nervous. <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was terrible. I was the kid in class in school that did not do public speaking. I hated when yeah. we have to like give book reports and whatever. Um, that was <laughs> not my thing. <laughs> but no, it was. It's really great. And honestly, when you kind of get past that, like having to hear your own voice and and watch yourself being recorded and that sort of thing. <laughs> is a really great experience. I get to talk to a lot of really amazing people who are honestly kind of top tier at what they do. It's been also a really excellent way for me to learn more about the space and and to dive into it really. So it's pretty common these days, I think, to start a podcast as a way for people to be more connected with a brand or an organization or a product like Venly in your case and the open web mind in my case. So does that work? Are you finding good results in putting the podcast out there in terms of getting people interested in Venly? Yeah, definitely. So that's more of a marketing question that I'm happy to talk about. But yeah, marketing overall. (laughs) Yeah, so I think a podcast is actually a really good part or block to your marketing structure. It can't really be the only thing in my opinion. But yeah, I think it's a really great way to generate content for your marketing plan. With that obviously goes other things like social marketing. And, you know, the thing is, is the podcast creates the content, but then you have to kind of push it and distribute it and use everything that you're getting, right? Yeah. But yeah, we have had good results from it. I mean, it's not, you know, the piece of marketing that I would say, yeah, all of our sales come from this. But <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's a really good leg to our strategy for sure. So I, I'm glad you brought up the kind of, you know, having to kind of 
push it to get it out there because discoverability is a notoriously hard problem to solve with podcasts. It's difficult to get the word out about your podcast. So, so how do you get the word out about yours? Really good question. So it goes in with, like I said, the social media marketing for sure. So we push every episode on all of our socials. And with that, it's co-marketing, which is yeah. a really, really big thing in Web3, but also I would say in other spaces. So because our podcast, we have someone from a different company every single episode, it's always a, hey, you got to push your episode and you've got to, you know, <laughs> we're going to tag you. You have to like it and comment and share yeah. and da, 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 da. That's a part of it. But I would say, again, it's because it's part of the whole strategy. It kind of is something where all of the different legs bring each other up and you have to just keep building on those different legs yeah, and not just expect just putting your podcasts on Spotify or whatever. Yep. That's all I got to do. And then people will hear it and it'll be great. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So I got one more question about that and then let's get into some more technicalities and let's talk about Web3 as well. But sure. I was looking at the statistics and by some estimates, there are over 2 million podcasts now. Do you think there's room for so many podcasts and and how do you differentiate yourself in such a crowded space? I think, yeah, no, that's really a very interesting question because there are so many voices just constantly coming out. (laughs) But I would say that is a question about marketing a product. So with this, in this case, it's you want to find your niche, right? You've got kind of two aspects. You want to find your niche. You want to find the thing that you're good at that no one else is touching or something that you have access to that no one else has access to, which is kind of where Venly Expert Talks comes in because we're part of that space and we can take all these voices. We know these people from working with them or we know these people from conferences or whatever, and we can bring them and say, let's talk about this thing that we know that you're already an expert on and share it with the rest of the world. So yeah, finding your niche is big, but then the other thing that people, I would say, kind of don't give enough credit to is just consistency. Yeah. I heard something the other day where it's, you know, most podcasts stop before they even get to like three episodes, and then another half of them are gone before they get to 20 episodes. And so you just have to keep doing it. And yeah, you're going to have some in the beginning that are crap. And you're going to have some in the beginning (laughs) that only your mom listens to. And that's fine. Like, just keep going. I know you inherited your podcast. So this question was sort of decided for you ahead of time. But you have the one hour interview format. Why did you or why did your predecessors decide on that? And do you find that that works well? Yeah. um, Yeah. So... As you said, I did kind of inherit it for sure. Um, So there wasn't a lot of decision making on my part. (laughs) However, I am very happy with it. It's something where the only real change that I would say I've made since I've taken it is making it slightly less structured and more conversational when I can. Yeah. But yeah, overall, I think for what we're doing, which is, like I said, talking to the experts about their topic that they're an expert on. The interview format makes a lot of sense for us. You know, like I said, making it conversational when I can, so I'll spit in my two cents when when possible, but... (laughs) 
I know. I think that's really important. I, I find that my best recordings uh, when I'm talking to somebody are when I do that, when I kind of you know talk about something about me and then we can switch over to something about them because people enjoy a conversation. We're human beings. We're used to conversation. I just think that that format works really well. Yeah, definitely. And your listeners are going to feel more involved and engaged, right? Yeah. Than if it's just like a question, question. Exactly. <laughs> You have, I think you have an audio only podcast. Have you considered expanding into video? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's something where we want to and we're yeah. going to in the very near future. I <laughs> am going to be brutally honest and say that I currently have just so much on my plate that <laughs> yeah. um, for the podcast, I host it, I write the questions. Yeah. I edit it and I post it and then we do have a social media marketer who obviously pushes it and all this, but yeah, that's just one aspect of my job. Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, no, the video aspect is coming for sure. I think it's great. And it's something as well where for like pushing it on social media, having the video so much more effective. Yeah. And we've started doing, um, I think it's called Headliner, where you just pop in your podcast and it gives you a kind of like a little visual, moving visual yeah. and a voice clip just to have that aspect when possible. Yeah. But yeah, definitely. Video, I think, is is great. I found it huge. I have another podcast called The Last Theory, which is about a theory of physics fan physics and putting that out on YouTube has just solved the discoverability problem for that particular podcast because people are searching for fan physics and there's not much content out there about it and so mm -hmm. YouTube shows them my videos it's amazing so I mean of course it's going to vary depending on what the content is but yeah I just found that it really really helped yeah makes sense so let's talk about Web3. I think your your background is design and content and marketing rather than tech. So how did you come to land in the Web3 world? Yeah, I mean, it was a little bit of a stumble into it kind of thing, if I'm going to be yep. honest. But it's been such a ride and it's it's a very interesting interest industry. Yeah. There's just, it's... <laughs> There's so much going on. So much is changing. So much is happening on any given day. But I think that's also part of why I really love doing the podcast, because I do get to learn through that. And like I said, talk to the people who know the, the yep. experts. <laughs> but yeah, so I applied for the job and I got it. I don't know what yeah. to tell you. I <laughs> <laughs> it's a great way to happen on something. <laughs> No, it was, uh, I don't know, divine intervention or something. I don't know. Yeah. I worked for a laser machine company previously. Yeah. So it was not completely <laughs> Absolutely. not techie, but <laughs> yeah. Web3 is definitely something different and it's been, yeah, it's been a ride. Yeah, from an outsider's point of view, looking into the Web3 world, it seems like a genuine revolution on one side of it. And it seems like there's all sorts of fairly dodgy stuff going on in other corners of the Web3 world. How do you distinguish between the two? I mean, it must be hard for you being in the industry thinking, okay, is this just somebody trying to promote their scam or is this actually a real Web3 technology? That's a really, really great question. That's something that I've had many conversations about <laughs> on the podcast, even, to be honest. What we like to say, or what you can kind of think of it as, is that where Web3 is in a developmental stage right now, it's kind of like the wild, wild west. Like, yeah. just kind of 
because there's not the rules and structures in place yet, yeah. it's dangerous. That's something that a lot of companies, including my company, is trying to work towards is kind of building those structures and, and making those kind of foolproof systems where people can get involved without knowing what's going on and still be safe. Yeah. But at this point in time, my biggest tips for being safe or, or making good choices, I guess, in Web3 is when you're buying something, either make sure that it's something that you truly, truly believe in. So go do all your research and like just deep dive into it. And especially a lot of the smaller projects, you can usually talk to somebody involved through Twitter or something. A lot right. of them are yep. out there. <laughs> so, <Yep. laughs> but yeah, do your due diligence, right? That's, I mean, if you're using it as an investment, which I'm not giving investment advice at all, Absolutely. but <laughs> if you're using it as investment, then you have to treat it like that. You have to do your research, right? Yeah. But yeah, read into everything. If it feels like it's not right, it's not right. Trust your gut. Yeah. You know, if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. <laughs> yep, indeed. So, yeah. yeah. That's great. The other thing I wanted to ask you about Web3 is companies like Google and Meta are still very much Web2 companies. And yeah, sure, they might have projects in Web3, but it seems like, you know, Web3 is its own world and it hasn't made that much of an impact on, on the Web2 world. Whereas the Web 2 world, when it came along, completely overrode the Web 1 world because it was just obviously way better. So I mean, I'm just wondering if you think whether that's just, you know, the innovator's dilemma, these big companies, you know, don't really want to go in that direction, whether it's just going to take time or whether there's something about Web 3 technologies that make it more difficult for the Web 2 companies to adopt. Yeah, so I would say there's a couple things at play there. First of all, like when we move from Web 1 to Web 2, there was a lot more incentive for companies to do that, right? Because when yeah. you're moving from Web 1 to Web 2, that's where the money's at. That's where you can yeah. sell people's information, right? Yeah. And where we're at now from Web 2 to Web 3, less incentive. If I stay in Web 2, I could keep doing what I already know how to do. It works. I'm making money. Yeah. And so big companies like that, you know, Meta, Facebook, whatever they're going to say, yeah, like, this is the future, and that might be something they believe, but in the end, their money is in Web 2. And that's yeah. kind of the same for Google. And then you've also got the issue of big companies changing lanes or, or switching or moving slower, right? Because that's just yes. what they do. <laughs> it takes that's longer <laughs> to get things approved, processes need to be changed, yep. whatever it is. So, yeah, I would say that if you're looking for real... Web3 builders at this point in time, you're really focusing on kind of Web3 native yeah. companies and, and solutions. Yeah. Which, I mean, can be scary because then you're like, oh, but then there was the dot com boom and everybody <laughs> lost, you know, had a bunch <laughs> of money. We all thought yeah. all these <laughs> websites were going to be great. Yeah. But I mean, that's an investment thing again, so that's a bit separate. But <laughs> yeah, indeed. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, you're going to have some, and there are some companies that are doing well that are kind of, you know, trying to, like Adidas had a really good NFT project, and there's been a couple others that have done well. Yeah. And I think we're going to continue to see more and more of that, for sure. 
But yeah, at this point, we're still very much at the beginning of that that curve. Are you optimistic about the future of tech? I am. I am. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of things tech in general, Web3, they're kind of the same, but kind of different questions. Yeah, indeed. With tech and with Web3, I guess I would say one thing that I think we really need to focus on solving is the environmental impact if we want to continue to evolve and improve. But beyond that, yes, I think I think all the tools are there. We can do it. We can succeed. <laughs> we can improve. It's just a matter of, you know, making the right choices and having the right projects and people come along to, to help us get there. Last question for you, Alexandra. I just wanted to know your, your final thoughts on podcasting as a medium for talking about tech. I mean, I'm really enjoying this conversation. I've enjoyed listening to the conversations you've had on your podcast. What would you say are the weaknesses and strengths of podcasting as a way to talk about tech? For tech specifically, it's, it's interesting to kind of narrow my, my brain into to one <laughs> industry or one, one field, yeah. but I think podcasting is, is a really great tool for people who are building things. So like I said, like as a marketing tool, I think it's really, yeah. really great. It's really, really important for the tech field to get those ideas out there. I would say we've already kind of touched on the, the negative or the downside there, which is just kind of the saturation of tech podcasts. It's not that you can't break through it, but you have to swim. You have to really, you have to get through <laughs> yeah. a bunch. And that's, I mean, that's true on both sides of the conversation, right? So like for us as the podcasters and for the listeners to swim through all the garbage to get to the good stuff, <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's a process sometimes. But yeah, I think overall it's a really good medium. And especially in cases where you can post it where you can encourage more conversation so it's not just a sounding box for us but rather yeah. you know you take this you post it on youtube for example and then people can can converse there about the topics well thank you so much for talking to me about all of this that's been a lot of fun it's been great to meet you listeners you can listen to alexandra every week on the vendly expert talks podcast which you can find in your podcast player or you can also find it at vendly.io that's v-e-n-l-y.io and you can also find alexandra arons that's a-r-e-n-s on linkedin alexandra thanks so much for joining me on tangled web yeah thanks again for having me it's been great Thanks for listening to Tangled Web. Join me for fresh insights into the future of the web every other week. Subscribe to the free newsletter, podcast or YouTube channel at tangledweb.media. Remember, the web has only just begun.